Sometimes you've just got to take a moment to take stock. Where have we been? What's happened? What have we done? What have we got yet to do? So that you can actually work out where you are with your business and where to go next. This is going to be a fascinating episode with Christina. It's the big review of the first episodes that we have done, where we've got to and what's going next. And I expect it to be packed full of ideas and tips that you can apply to your business. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Christina, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you, Alan. I am doing well. Excellent. You're back. Um, we've been on a bit of a journey with your business over the time we've been chatting. And I, I still can't believe this because the first season was 12 episodes. Uh, and this all started. I randomly did a a Zoom saying, anyone listening to the podcast, come and hang out on my Zoom. And you turned up and asked me a question about marketing. And I was like, uh, I can't answer that in two minutes on a Zoom. Uh, <laughs> should we do a podcast episode about it? So you're actually the inspiration for all the coaching series on the podcast. You You inspired this, Christina. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I still can't believe that it just transpired. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to this thing because I appreciate this podcast. And then here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. And this is actually 29 episodes later, which is crazy. Um, And what I thought would be really fascinating for the audience listening and for us is like to take stock of what we've learned, where we are and what is working, what isn't, to then help you plan what's going forwards. And I think what will come out for everyone listening and for us is the things that we are or aren't doing in our business. Because people always say to me like, oh, how have you done so well at business, Alan? I'm like, well, for many, many years, every week I ran a course on how to run a business. And as I ran that course, I thought to myself, I really need to do this for my business. <laughs> and I ended up going, okay, I need to actually do this. And there was loads of stuff I never got round to. But I was always focused on what are the key principles? What do I need to be doing? How do I focus on sales? How do I focus on marketing? How do I deliver a good product? And through that process of continually reviewing what are we learning, what are we doing, it helped me to build what has turned into a global movement for entrepreneurship. Uh, So that's the hope that this episode will inspire everyone listening and Christina to think about their business. So let's like, if you could sum up season one in a couple of sentences, what happened in season one, Christina? I think in season one, I just, got a handle on the whole the whole thing the whole you know because it was it was all very like stuff was happening for me but it kind of it kind of just 
it happened. There wasn't a lot of plan. Um, I'd been doing, you know, photography and I'd been doing a small job here and there. And then I think around when we started season one, it had been really picking up. And so it was, it was kind of unplanned and it was kind of like, ah, wow, what's happening? And like, oh, maybe I can make this into something bigger. And so then when we started, um, there was not a lot of, like my business wasn't a business so much, you know, like there wasn't a lot of structure. There wasn't a lot of planning. There wasn't a lot of like a marketing routine or things that were being done regularly. Um, yes. there was like, there's basically zero marketing. (laughs) Everything was like referral word of mouth. So, which is great, but, um, you know, it has its limits. So, Yes, it does. And you need a certain amount of energy in the marketing, the promotion to create the wave of clients that then will create word of mouth. And word of mouth can be fantastic. It's not something we should rely on when we're starting. Uh, In the end of season one, you went full time, which was just like, I was so excited, so excited. And the audience don't know this, but we started recording season two, like two weeks later. (laughs) You had a little bit of time off, didn't you? And then we recorded the first episode almost immediately afterwards, which was, so you've gone full time. Ah, what are you going to do? Yeah, the full time. I mean, that was like, that was its own journey, right? Because I think you started pushing me around October of 20... 20. and then I was like oh I'm gonna do it and then someone left at work I kind of felt I was scared slash felt bad about leaving them at that point and then yes I um you know kind of soldiered on and then by the end of December January I was like I was like oh, I want to start the new year but then you know I still was tough and then you know early early 2021 I was just like okay I'm ready you know and I took the leap. So it took me a little while to like, I guess, really digest that idea and become comfortable with it. You know, and you kept going, Oh, when are you going to do it? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Alan, leave me alone. <laughs> Stop pressuring me. But you know, it took me, it took me a, those few months to, I guess, really um, get comfortable with, with the whole idea. But eventually mm-hmm. I did. And it's quite interesting. I was reading the description of the first episode of season two, which was when you quit your full time job and you go full time, when you quit your job and you go full time, it can be quite daunting knowing where to put your effort, your energy and your time. There's so much you could be doing Instagram, Google, SEO, cold marketing. Where do you even start? Uh, And that's quite a theme, actually, through all of our episodes and all of our series is where should I be focusing my time? Yeah. I only have so much of it. And I feel like that's even recently we've been talking about that as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a constant rebalancing and it's, it's not, it's not answered one day and then put away. Right. (laughs) Yes. I'm done now. I know exactly where to put my time for the rest of my life. Yeah, because it's, you go, uh, it's also like, you know, we've talked about if you get busy with work and then you don't keep up 
the marketing, then you there's no work after you finish the work you're doing. So, but there are there's going to be shifts, especially if you're like a solopreneur, like you don't have anyone else working with you for you. There's still going to be times where like it gets out of whack, where you are much doing a lot more work and a lot less outreach, but then you have to be able to bring it back and not forget to get back to that, I guess. And it's just, you know, I feel like it's a constant saying, Oh, what have I, what have I maybe what's fallen by the wayside? What do I need to get back to? What do I need to look at? And even when I try to create like a structure, I try to get, Oh, these days I do this, this day I do that. It's like, there's, there's stuff that gets in. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I need to go back and do? What did I miss? So it's a constant, like uh, <laughs> process of, <laughs> of all that figuring it out. It really is. And I think, I've found it quite interesting. I've become more relaxed as I've got older and my current process is to every three to six months, think through my goals and go, what are my big goals and what am I doing to get there? And that refocusing on the target helps me to then go, what am I doing in these areas? And I try and create it into smaller projects that can be actually completed which gives me energy to get doing them. But I think it's that, okay, what am I focusing? What am I doing? And then from that, where am I spending my time? What am I doing? Where am I going? And it's quite interesting when we come back to a, a conversation, we did an episode of a little while ago on like, what's your vision? What are we actually building here? And that gave us a whole bunch of energy for like three months afterwards to focus on it. And then we need to do it again <laughs> and come back to that. Yeah, it's weird how sometimes you'll do something, you know, you'll say, okay, this is the vision and this is how to do a thing. And then you go, okay, I'm really, it's clear, I'm fired up. And then like after, you know, depending on the thing, it could be a few days, it could be a few months, weeks, whatever. But after a little bit of time passes, it doesn't seem as impactful. And like, I think it's partly because I think about it like working out, you know, I've been doing some, some specific exercises and they benefit something I'm doing. And it's like, so at first I'm like, wow, this, this exercise I was given is really amazing to help that mm. thing. And then like after a couple of weeks, I'm like, why don't I feel like it's so amazing anymore? And I think it's partly because you've been doing it, that thing's gotten stronger so that it's not as impactful anymore because you got stronger at that thing, right? But then it's also like, it's maybe not a fresh idea. So sometimes you have to like go refresh and like, uh, rewatch the instructional video and be like, oh, okay, like, yeah, that's a, uh, maybe I missed, I forgot those points over these last couple of weeks or, yeah. I so I, I feel like I, I always, that always happens with anything. Is you go, oh, okay, maybe after a little bit of time, you miss some of the finer points or it doesn't seem as dramatic and cool in relativity because, because it isn't. You strengthen that thing so it's, it isn't as, huge anymore in a way so but sometimes it feels it feels bad like I'm like no that 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 tip or that thing or that it was so great <laughs> well I think it's interesting so I did this a lot when I was younger so I my first foray into business this time around was at 28 years old and I feel like the first three or four years I was always on the hunt for the next exercise the next thing the next like 
I don't know, I hate to call it a get-rich-quick scheme, but the thing that's going to accelerate me towards success, the thing that's going to impact, I was always on the search for the new thing. So I'd like do something for a while, just as you said, and then kind of get bored of it or like, oh, this has not got me to where I want to get to and I would quit and do the next thing and then quit and do the next thing. And I think that stopped me from making progress because actually doing the basics right is not exciting. It's not new. It's not progressive. It's not creating massive change and getting you pumped up and everyone else pumped up. But fundamentally, it's what works over time. But we always get excited by what's new. What's the new strategy? What's the new technique? What do I actually need to do? And this process for me of going through every three to six months and working out my direction then brings me back to like, what are the foundational things I should be doing to actually make this work? What are the really things? Because if you want to like, just for an example, build a podcast, building a decent podcast is about doing really good content and focusing on the content and then doing really good promotion and focusing on the promotion. And here's the three things I do about the promotion. But it's so easy to get caught up on what's the next big thing and what's the thing that's going to do it and what's the latest trick for marketing and what's the latest tool for this. And, you know, some of it can add value to your business and some of it can help you promote. But mostly it's about doing the basics solidly over time, which sounds really dull, but it's important. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like I've bounced around ideas for a long time. Like, oh, what's going to like give me money and freedom, right? Not necessarily because it's something I like, but, you know, just wanting that end result. And I, the same thing, it's like, if you don't stick with a process or a thing, you know, you're like, oh, let's try that for two months. Didn't work. So, but it's, I think really the key to everything is just keep at it. I think we all give up too easily. I think our culture, likes to show the results but doesn't show what went into it how much time (laughs) went into it oh yes yeah so you know um it's it's, yeah it's I think really and I've bought into a number of courses and this and that over the years and again I think it's like any of those courses really at the end of the day the information is all the same when you distill it down it's the same stuff but you have to actually implement it do it and keep doing it and I think that's it's fun to watch a video series telling you you know how to make money off Facebook ads but it's another thing that to do that you know actually do it and get clients and do you know it's it's all the same at the end of the day you have to do the thing and (laughs) repetitively keep doing it so you know yes we just have to find that at some point (laughs) yeah it is doing repetitively the thing that works and you know it'll work over the long term, but helping yourself turn it into a habit to make it happen repetitively is actually, this is the really hard part. And I think one of the things my wife and I repeat to each other is quite a lot of this stuff is simple. Like getting to financial independence is about spending less, working on earning more and then investing the difference. And the basic principles are quite simple once you've got it figured out. 
but doing it consistently over a decade, that's where it gets tough. But if you do it consistently over a decade, the results are unbelievable, like life-changing, phenomenal. But the number of people who will actually follow through over a decade, that's small. So we had episode one going all in, which was where to focus your time. Episode two was about finding balance um, because you had a newfound sense of freedom. Have you found balance between the freedom to do cool stuff and getting the work done, Christina? Uh, Definitely found a little more freedom. Um, It's not perfect, right, in general. It's not perfect between work and life, and it's also perfect within work, you know, as far as – so it's – it's constant rebalancing again, like saying, Oh, well, I'm missing some stuff. Like, but you know, I've been keeping a pretty good schedule as far as work and trying to like keep it for the most part, like nine to five structure, which helps say, Oh, this is work time delineates the time. And then there's stuff like, you know, I've, I've kind of hired out to people to help me with specific things that need to happen, whether I'm really busy or not. And, uh, is the first to fall by the wayside, like my emails. So like that's been helpful <laughs> because those get sent, you know, whether I um, am crazy busy or not, because you know me, like that's the first thing that I will stop doing. Yes. And then I'll, because I'm not in the rhythm of it, then I'll never get back to it. So, <laughs> so it's a constant struggle. You know, it's, it's not, again, this isn't a thing you can, say one day you're like oh okay i found the balance it's good to go it's constantly coming back to that yeah it's constantly coming back to that and the only thing that i found that has really helped me is like the getting things done process of focusing on the projects and the next actions and then scheduling it in the diary as we would say in england or as the americans would say schedule Um, schedule schedule sorry uh, i can't even speak american i thought i was bilingual for a second um but yeah if i put a date in like our coaching series what's the thing i do at the end of every episode christina we schedule the next one and then it happens and i'm doing it and it happens automatically and i follow through and we chat and we do it and i do my homework because i'm like i'm speaking to christina on monday i need to do my homework and i get it done and i prepare myself um but that really helps to make those things happen for me. So I guess the question for the audience is, what have you been meaning to do that you really want to do that you just need to put in the diary or the schedule now so that you actually do it, so that you actually follow through? What do you need to do? Pause this now and put something that you've been meaning to do in your diary right now. Then we came on to episode three, which was with Mr. Henry Nicholson. Uh, we were having a look through the website. Give us an update. Where is the website? What's happening with it? Is the traffic coming? Has anything happened with it? Or are we still, yeah, where are you with your website? Um, so that's a process, right? So we, we have to discussion. I think one of the things that was kind of brought up was that the homepage wasn't serving me really so much. It didn't, it didn't show what I do. So that's been changed and it's still a process to upload. Pro- it's basically like a portfolio page now, right? It shows a, a cover of different each different project. 
and you can click through. So that's still a work in progress. There's projects up there, but there should be more, right? But yeah, it's, it's again, it's like slow, you know, it's, I'm trying to focus, I think out, out of our conversation on that is, I'm trying to focus more on small, consistent updates than going all like crazy one day and, you know, spending three days completely trying to redo everything and then never looking at it again. So it's one of those things I'm trying to just create like a touch point like every week or so, every other week or something. Just update a little, add a little. So I am constantly adding like different portfolios on there or even unlisted portfolios because people ask for samples. I just made a video page the other day so that like now there's video on there if you want to see what I've done. Um, which so, you know, it's just part of that process. But it is still, it's cons- It's definitely getting fixed up and worked on more um, over time than it had been at the time when we talked. Because I'm like having had a look at the website. Uh, if you want to look with us along, uh, just Google Fresh Print Media or just type in freshprintmedia.com and have a look now. But the homepage with the four different portfolios is fantastic. And then you click through and you've got the El Tesoro. Uh, the pictures look fantastic. They look really good. Um, I'm really enjoying that. The one thing I did notice, like you've got kind of the form at the bottom, which says planning your next campaign. Uh, I do feel like just after the El Tesoro pictures, there needs to be like a couple of sentences about what was the impact of that campaign, what happened, and then like a call to action for your audience. Because uh, you've kind of got a call to action below, but you've got the social media icons and the next button before the call to action. And people won't necessarily scroll down to that bit. So maybe there needs to be a sentence of, like the impact for El Tesoro was they reached these this audience. It got out there. We got feedback that people love the campaign. If you want to create something like this for your business to promote, please get in touch using the form below. So actually physically telling people what to do. Mm, okay. But in general, the website has come on so far since we first spoke. It's looking really good. And then the question I half want to ask, half don't want to ask, has it won us any business? Has anyone come through, filled out the form, contacted you? I've gotten a few <laughs> contacts. I've gotten a few contacts from the website. Um, nothing that's really panned out. You know, sometimes I get a lot of spam contacts to that. Yeah, me so, too. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, oh, well, no, not that one. Um, I've gotten a few that looked legitimate and, you know, reached back out to them. And, you know, so I'm not sure if they were or weren't, um, but I haven't heard anything. I mean, the most thing, the the main thing that I utilize it for right now is when I talk to someone, you know, off the emails or the calls and they're interested in, oh, I'd like to see what you've done for this. Like, you know, I'm going, oh, let me add those photos on there. And I'm like, oh, here's the page, you know. <laughs> so like the portfolio, um, you know, I've added stuff to that. There's specific pages that kind of have images rounded up by type. So that's been like a useful tool to just send that over. Instead of sending them to a third party um, like portfolio, I basically have my own portfolio branded with my name. Um, 
because you know I'm on I'm on those other there's sites there you can create portfolios and stuff but I think part of the thing with those is that they're not yours you can go I think someone can take my other page profile page and if they're bored or they looked at all my images they can click out to like see other people basically and then mm. you know you run into like I don't want them looking at other people's stuff no, Smart. we definitely yeah. don't. We want them staying with our stuff. Yeah. So it is useful, a useful tool in that way. Yeah. Okay. So the website is there. We're using it more as a portfolio. It's not quite bringing in leads at the moment. Um, but it brings in a few, but they don't really pan out. Which... I mean, it gets, it gets decent traffic, but I think a lot of the traffic it gets, and I, because I've seen this correlation, I get the, the reports from Google. Is I think a lot of them are coming off of the Google business page. And so I think it probably they go, oh, okay, I'll click through and see. And then if they contact me, that it seems like the people that contact me via that are phone calls. Yes. So they're probably not filling out that form at that point. They're like clicking through saying, oh, this looks nice. And then they call me. Okay. Have any of the calls panned out to anything? Because ep episode four was all about Google My Business and how to go up the rankings in Google My Business. Yeah. Not the Google Business one specifically. Not yet. But I am getting calls. Which, which is, is better than before. It's just yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this like an infuriating process at times yeah. that we do hey, this I work, we get calls. They're not quite the right ones yet. <laughs> uh, then we have to que keep tweaking it and. I think this is one of my realizations over the years of running businesses is it's just about continually optimizing. You do as good a job as you can. You get it out there. It doesn't work quite well. You optimize it a bit more and a bit more and a bit more, and it'll never be perfect, but we're at least making progress. Yeah. There's no overnight like, Oh, well I made this perfect. So now I can just let that be, you know, you constantly work on things. So episode five was about LinkedIn sales strategy. What happened with that, Christina? Uh, so we did try a little bit through LinkedIn. Um, and then it just, it's really fallen by the wayside. I, it's not, I do utilize LinkedIn, you know, first off to find contacts I want to reach out to, but um, to some extent to post and share stuff. I think LinkedIn is a good place for me to be active, but it's definitely not been a priority. I'd like to use it more, but it, right now I'm not using it too much. Yes. Um, it just, I think with, there's a lot of things to do or can be done and it just didn't end up in like the top three. Which, yeah, I think, there is so much that can be done. There's so many strategies, so many ways of approaching business, and you cannot do them all. And at some stage, you've got to go, okay, what's the three I'm going to focus on and what am I going to let go? Uh, I guess my question for you is, do you think you gave it enough of a mini experiment, enough of a test to know whether it would work for you or not? Oh, no, I don't think so. I didn't. I mean, I didn't give it enough of a test and I think it could work. I think it's a great place to be. There's, you know, if I'm serving businesses with, you know, versus individuals, like 
there are all everyone on there is there for business like business people so i definitely think it's worth revisiting and doing more on there um it, i just haven't so maybe that's the next new mini experiment well, it comes back to where are we going to focus, doesn't it? Which is yeah. part of this exercise is what have we learned? What have we tried? What have we left behind? What do we want to bring back? And where do we go? And if you're listening to this going, I'm, I sell business to business. I think my clients are on LinkedIn. Do go back and listen to episode five with the LinkedIn sales strategy with Pat, Patrick Venn and give it a test because you never know. And we want to hear how did it go? Did it work? What happened? Because marketing is about running a series of marketing mini experiments to work out what works for you, what gets you clients. And then we double down on the ones that work and leave the rest behind. Which is, brings us on to next episode six, which was business boundaries and contracts. You'd had some interesting experience with different clients uh, <laughs> asking you to do extra work, scope creep, all sorts of things that happen on business on a regular basis. Uh, how has that settled with the business boundaries, the contract process you've ended up on? How's that gone? Um, it's going well, actually. So because I think a part of that with the scope creep and stuff and boundaries is like you want to win the job and you want to get, you know, you want to work with that person. You want to make the money. You want to do the job. And so you're like really willing to please. Right. And you don't want to be like, oh, no, like oh, that's extra or I can't do that and you didn't pay for that. Like, So you kind of like give up too much, right? But I've gotten more confident. Um, in, I've gotten more clear with like, this is what things cost. This is what it includes. Um, the cost is the cost, you know, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. I had a client come to me um, like a week or two ago and say, oh, this is what I need. Um, and I said, well, this is my rates and it's high and they wanted me there additional hours and I was like well this is what it costs for those additional hours like this is my rate this is what it costs and I you know I felt like it was a lot of money but I was also like I don't want to be there photographing random stuff for six hours and not get compensated for what I mm -hmm. feel like I should be compensated and then they were like oh, okay and I was like hey sign the contract and went you know I'm like all right, you just have to like say what the cost is and what they get for it and just stop, you know, like, and be confident. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard at first because there are some people that might be like, oh, I can't afford it, whether they can or not. Like, you know, they, they clearly don't value that thing enough to put the money towards it. So you just have to accept that, that you're not going to, you know, win some people. Um, and the contracts, you know, they've, they, it's grown over time. I have, I have kind of different ones for different types of jobs, but I've put in policies and I've put in stuff that, you know, you do a job and something goes sideways and you're like, well, gotta add that to the contract. Uh, <laughs> yes. We've got yeah. a new learning. <laughs> yeah. So it's gotten, it's gotten longer, more interesting. Um, but you know, it also differs. Like, I think we talked about like having a crazy contract, right? So if I'm, if I'm doing something that's like event work or, or shooting, like, yeah, just shooting like an event or an outing or something for, for someone, um, that's a little more casual and just documenting something. 
that's like a different contract than going and doing working for a big business that has licensing fees and all this other stuff to think about. So I have like different kind of, I guess, tiers of contracts because, you know, if I send, I think we talked about this. Like if I send, if I'm just going and taking some photos of you and Katie just for, you know, for your blog, like in the extent of a 10 page contract, it seems like a lot, but for a big corporate company, like a 10 page contract, it's more normal. Right. So it's way it's, more normal. Yeah. yeah. And I hate reading contracts. I yeah. have to, but I hate reading them. Um, so is there any issues in that area with your business at the moment? I actually feel really good at, at that area. Um, you know, especially like just, I feel like I'm at that point where I'm very confident in saying, no, this is the cost. And this is my, this is, you know, the, this is the terms and conditions and this is what it is. Like, if you want me to come, you know, drive two hours, that's fine. But as it says in my contract, like you will pay the mileage. Like, yeah, it's, you know, I actually feel really good. It's still, I think, you know, I still want to go like, Oh, I'll just offer extra. And like, and then I go, no, no, I'm going to stick to my guns and tell them what, what's the cost what it says in my contract, you know? And yes, then, and then you can always negotiate later if you want to. Yeah. And if you want to give them something out of the kind of result you can do, uh, just starting from that position of, nope, this is the prices, this is what I do, and I'm happy to do it. This is the extra cost. Uh, yeah. And I think that confidence really helps. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of those, like, what negotiating and sales techniques is just shut up. Say the price, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. God, if that's one thing people get out of this episode, Christina, that would be enough. <laughs> say the price. Shut up. Don't say anything else. It's yeah. so powerful. You just say the price, look them in the eyes and be quiet. It's $200. Even Christina feels like she should answer that now, and I'm not even selling anything. I'm like, okay, it's so Alan, powerful. I'll give you 200 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, don't even know what I'm selling. But it's so powerful. Say the price, stare them in the eyes and be quiet and let them think. It's just so important. Then we moved on to episode seven, which was kind of bringing together the overview of the digital life and how all the different elements work together with the website and driving traffic and bringing that all together. Um, we've kind of talked about that a little bit and it seems like we've got a little bit more to do in that area for the business to get your online stuff really working for you is that something that's on your list of things to focus on in the future or are you thinking well I'm happy with how it's going finding business through phone calls emails because you don't actually have to fix your attraction side the website and bringing people to you if you're getting enough business on the other side and I knew an incredibly successful entrepreneur who was making 500 grand a year and his website was just there to prove he existed and his entire business was through outreach so he would reach out he would network email call find clients win the business and then they would look on his website check he exists and then buy him and he never won business other ways. So you don't have to fix it. And I think this is the interesting bit of where your focus lies. Like 
where do you want to focus where are you happiest working what's working for you because like you can run a business a million different ways yeah i think i think a little bit at this point like the outreach is more impactful but it's not something i want to completely forget because i you know i know over time i think the like the website will do its job um the instagram you know it I think the Instagram is a good way for people that already know me to I get, it gets shared more from people who have already worked with me to like referrals yes. I've noticed. So if someone, if someone calls me out of the blue, which has happened recently, if I get someone that's like, Oh, so-and-so recommended you, they, they sent me your Instagram, you know? Um, ah. So it's, I think because we, that's like the world we're living in now, like where people are like, they're not like, oh, I have their number. Oh, here's their website. It's like, oh, um, oh, they're on Instagram. Here's their, their here's their profile, right? Like, yeah, send them a message. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I'll just I'll send you their profile or whatever. That's like kind of world we're living in, where I think social media um, gets shared before like the more classic, you know, phone, email, uh, website, uh, because it's so easy. And, and then we were probably scrolling recently and ran across that. So it's maybe fresher. So I think there's still, there's work to be done, but I think at the end of the day, the, the targeted outreach seems to be the most impactful, but I know that, I know that it will, it can change over time as everything gets stronger. I know that, you know, the website can kind of pop up in the rankings and one day it might, you know, but I don't want to like just be thinking about that one day oh the website will be ranking and people are finding me through it and then not do the outreach because i think the outreach is more important i think the outreach is also more important from a personal growth standpoint for me because it's something i was so i've been so (laughs) like not wanting to do and scared of so which we had uh, a very interesting set of episodes which kind of started with what's your vision of your business in episode 11 where are you going and the question I asked at the end was okay so you've got this vision of your business who do you need to become to achieve this vision and uh, there was one thing that came out louder than everything wasn't there be a salesperson be a salesperson and how does it feel saying that now it feels Good. I mean, I thought the answer was just wear really fancy leopard pants, but you know, fine. Uh, <laughs> well, I've tried that. It didn't really work for me. Okay. Now, you know, it's it. I kind of like. I kind of had this like resolve in my inner self to like go. I was like, I want to be good at sales. I want to be like. I want to just like kill sales and that's I still don't that doesn't make me feel comfortable doing them just saying that to myself but when we were going through that at that time that was my inner thing I was like I want to I want to conquer this this is a challenge to be conquered and so I think we did a lot of mindset work around that which was really helpful you know you referred me some stuff to read and listen to and just I guess changing my mindset from I'm annoying and no one wants to hear from me. Oh, Christina, <laughs> you're lovely and we want to hear from you. <laughs> to, oh. you know, to things like, oh, well, maybe they're bored today and they need, they, 
like talking to someone new is, you know, like it's a, or it's a procrastinate. You know, I, I can help them procrastinate through talking, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just changing all, like giving myself new narratives, I think. And, you know, and it's not perfect, but I do feel infinitely more comfortable now. Um, and I've been like, you know, I've had actually some responses recently from the emails I've been sending and I, I call the people or I set up calls and we talk and it's gone really well. You know, there's even things like where we connected, where we both personally knew certain places or people. And so it's been like really, it's been really pleasant. So, you know, I think it's getting a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's like a lot. I just kind of went through this whole process right there instead of just the, but yeah, that's, you know, I think it's been a big process and it's still going, but I really do want to be good at it just as a personal challenge, not even for the business, but as a personal challenge, because it's like so terrible. They say, do things that scare you, right? Well, I genuinely believe that learning sales will help anyone and it helps you on two sides. One, it helps you with your confidence. It helps you to approach people. It will completely change your outlook on life. And two, it helps protect you from other people selling to you. So if you know what the sales process is and how it works, when someone else does it to you, you can see it happening and then you've got a conscious choice of where you want to go with it, what you want to do with it. And Katie and I very recently went on a training course that is famous for being very culty and they oh, use yes. some very strong sales tactics, very strong sales tactics. But having been heavily trained in sales, like I'm a black belt in sales by now. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm great at it. It just means I've learned all the techniques and I still use them. And I could see what they were doing. And Katie felt very pressured to do it. And I'm like, that's just them using this technique. And that's what that's creating. And let's put all that to one side and actually decide what we want to do. So yeah. I think sales is so powerful on both sides. If you want to buy less stuff, learn how to sell. <laughs> if you want to sell more stuff, learn how to sell. If you want to be more confident, learn how to sell. And we actually did like episode 12 to 16. We had learn how to sell, developing sales skills. How do you actually begin to sell strategies for confident cold calling? And you had some fabulous strategies for nervous cold calling that you were employing at the time. And then we had how big is your outreach, uh, which that title endlessly amuses me. Um, but it's all about sales, outreach, finding people, connecting. What do you think your biggest learnings from that sales series that's just we've been going through? What's been the biggest thing that struck you? And yeah, I'll ask you a second question afterwards. Biggest thing. I think the biggest thing is I have it written down here is it's a mantra. But like, I think it's the mindset. It's how you're coming at it instead of going like, oh, I'm annoying. No one wants to hear from me. This is just uh, just another person trying to sell them, trying to take their money. Like everything I had was like so negative in my head, the narr <laughs> narrative, right? So like changing that narrative and um, just saying, you know, we talked about what could go right. Like what is, you know, just just changing the mindset. 
Um, and that's partially like, I think you just challenged me to like write down all the things that what could go right. Like, right. You find those process scramblers, um, you know, and then I was also reading and watching and, and a lot of the things you watch now about sales, because again, it's like, I think, um, a lot of us think of sales as a sleazy guy in a bad fitting suit trying to sell you a, you know, iffy car or something like, you know, um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? It's like, so true. Yeah. Alec Baldwin and, uh, you know, the, oh, the always no. be closing, right? That's like what we have ABC, in our head. always yeah. be closing. Are you ready to buy now? <laughs> yeah. So it's like what you have in your head is that, that kind of whole echelon of things that, that's because it's, it's been like promoted in the media and it's like, um, you know, just TV and film over the years. So I think maybe that's that old school hard sell is what you think of. And then you start watching and learning, doing that like YouTube videos and stuff. And it's, you see that selling now, like successful selling is about helping people and solving problems. And really just, yes. you just have to like keep, learning that watching that reading that until you you brainwash yourself right into like no this is what good sales is it's partially that it's partially like you know i enjoy people i like meeting new people i like talking to new people and finding out about them but like when it comes to like sales i was like oh terrifying so i'm like no now like come at it with with all that other kind of new mindset and also like i'm just gonna call this person and see what they're about like i want to meet them like i I enjoy talking to random people like in real life. Like why would I not enjoy it in my business? You know? So there's a, there's, there's a lot. It's, but I think at the end of the day, it's mindset and saying, why is my mindset like this? And is it negative? Is it about me? Is it about what I think sales is and where can I go and find evidence that this is wrong? And, how can I, yeah, write myself a new internal script? Yeah, it's amazing the internal stories we tell ourselves before anything has happened. Um, that's made me so happy, Christina. My question is, like, if we imagine like Fresh Print Media 1.0 was when you were just building it, and this season we've been developing Fresh Point, Fresh Meat, Fresh this season we've been building Fresh Print Media 2.0. What's stepping you from reaching version three? Like the vision you've got for the business, what's next? What is stopping you getting to Fresh Print Media 3.0? That is a good question. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to think on that one. Uh <laughs> but we're on a podcast so you just take your time take your time the magic of a podcast is we can edit out the gaps i think one of the things i want to have is i really i keep coming back to this and i you know i think it's partly the education when it comes to when it comes to educating your customers i think i want to have more educational things with my just available. Um, and I don't know if that's some like free PDFs I can give people or some, some videos or blog posts, you know, recently I've done, cause I've talked to a few people about 
you know, doing projects for them. And they're people that are also running a business or looking to bump up their marketing. And they go, oh, well, what do you do? This was forwarded by my sales team. Like, what do you do? Um, how can you do this? And and then they're like, oh, well, they sometimes they can't because they don't do what I do or they're not, maybe they're, they haven't hired a lot of photography I'm like, well, we can do lifestyle or we can do, you know, styled sets. We can do something that's a little more fantastical, a little more realistic. And you go, they don't know what that looks like, right? So what I've been doing, right. I've been putting together like little, um, I've put together some documents to send to people after we talk and say like, here are some samples that are kind of in this realm. Or here's some samples that are in this kind of area we talked about. Like you can go these different directions with the imagery we create. Um, and even that is like, been really helpful because it gives me if they go oh well we like this one with the bright colors and the abstract props versus mm. we like this one that looks like it was in you know it's in a kitchen or there's a model or they look like they're all sitting around a table enjoying the thing like those are two very different uh paths right but we can't talk and put together a good proposal and a good project plan if i don't know which one they like so I've been creating some things just out of necessity to be able to send over and say, oh, these are kind of these, these different directions we can go with your, with what, how you represent your business. Um, and even that's been really, really useful. Cause then I, then I, we're not wasting time going uh, like, we know that we're on the same page with style. Right. So I think maybe, you know, I want to have more stuff like that where I have, I'm educating people right away when they, if they want to come through the site and, you know, through Instagram, there's some education to like know what to ask for with me. And then when I, I also have it readily available to myself after we have a conversation, I can be like, here's this blog post I did on this specific topic. And so like, let me know which one you like or which, what are your thoughts on this thing? So I don't know. I think, I think I need, and this, it's just been clear as I've been talking to people on the, on these calls recently. Um, and maybe I need more educational pieces available about what I do and what are the options. I love that. I think that's fantastic because it's actually really hard as a customer to know what you want. Sometimes it's like, okay, I want some photographs. Uh, and then I go like, what do I do? I go, Oh, would you like a, a lifestyle product or like, uh, commercial, you know, like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Do you want lifestyle featuring your product or do you want, um, creative, creative product photography? And people go, well, what's, what are those? Yeah. What's, what's the difference? What right. Yeah. But if I can send over samples, you know, it's, uh, it's really helpful. Well, it also makes you look very professional. It helps people through the sales process and helps guide them and it'll get them a better result and you a better result. And I think this is really important for everyone listening is what supportive sales materials do you have that when you have a lead and you're having that discussion, you can show them, maybe it's like on a screen share and you show them, okay, here's the four types of photography you could do for your product. Or if you're selling coaching, it might be, here's the three coaching packages. And it's very simple. One, two, three. Then you stare them in the eye and say, which one would you like to buy? Uh, and that's that 
very clear material that supports the sales and that took me years i was never very good at creating those type of things we're much better now at rebel business school and we've got very clear packages of what we do what we sell how it works but i think that that's something that not a lot of people create to support their sales materials and maybe actually this would be a really interesting exercise christina is to think through the sales process and what materials we need to create to help make that as smooth as possible for you and help get the client to a decision that will actually get them what they want yeah yeah i think i i think so i it's just been clear to me because every time i talk to someone i'm like well i need to put together some samples of what we could do or what's relevant to what we talked about um and, you know, now I have some of those, but I'm like, well, there's so much more education that could be done even before that point, right? Where people are going, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate some stuff in my Instagram, like in the captions, or I have some infographics that I, I, I've been doing. I'm trying to kind of include stuff. And I'm like, well, I think there could be more. I think the website, like right now, for the most part, it's like, here's things I've done. We do photography, but I'm like, there could be more educational elements to like, here's, you know, here's the process. Here's what you can do. Here's, you know, so I think it's, and I think back to things that I've maybe purchased or services I've signed up for. Um, and the ones that have been the most successful are the ones that told me what they can do for me, you know? They make it as easy as possible for you with, here's the guide, here's what you can buy, here's the options. Uh, and it's just really easy to then choose, which I love. Whereas if if I go, I just want photog- photos, like I just want a photographer, it's like, well, what does that mean? And then it's really difficult to put words around it. Whereas if I have three options I can choose from, it yeah, makes life be- so much easier. Because now the work's been put back on you. You say, oh, I need a photographer. Here's one. And then now you're like, oh, that that was hard. I found one, got it done. <laughs> but now they put now like they put the work back on you for yeah. something you're not an expert at to, to tell them, you know. It's one thing if I say, well, do you have reference photos of something you're interested in? They, that can be good because sometimes people have seen something and they have yes. something in mind. So that, that that helps. Yeah. Yeah, and I okay, I know what you're thinking, but you know, if I can even take that off of them and say what specifically did you like on my site or here's a guide, like which of these are you most interested in? I think it's, it is tricky. And I'm just, I've, this is what I've noticed is like when someone calls me, I'm like, there's so many ways we can go with something, right? Like I'm going like, well, what, well, what is it that you specifically want? But they don't know. They're not an expert at creating images. They don't, you know, they just know that they need them and they saw some stuff that was nice so it's, I think it's really should be the business owner and the salesperson's job to like say, these are your, these are what, this is what we can do. This is what I see. This is what I could see doing, but tell me if we're on the right track, you know, because why are that. you putting it back on your customer to do hard work that they're not even like, they don't even know the, you know, they don't know that area at all. <laughs> then the likelihood of them actually doing it and pushing through the sale is so low. I even have it like people say to me, what exactly do you want? And then I just stall because I have no idea. Uh, and then they chase me and go, have you made a decision yet? I'm like, I don't know. 
uh, and it becomes really ch- hard. So I love this. So I think there's a, a clear piece of homework. Are you up for some homework, Christina? Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I love that. And for those of you listening, there's a clear piece of homework for you as well. So the homework is um, down one side of a piece of paper or electronic notebook or whatever you want to write the sales process. So what happens, like you send a cold email, you set up a phone call, the phone call, you discuss this, this and this, then this happens, then this happens, then that happens. And like, what's the sales process? What are all the steps you go through ideally when making a sale? And then on the other side of the page, I want you to put what are the decisions people are making at these different points. So you have a phone call with them. You're having a chat. What are the decisions? Decision one, like what type of content are we creating? Decision two, what type of style are we doing? Decision three, where are we going to use it and what format does it come in? Is it a a banner, a square for Instagram? Is it this? Is it that? What are the, the choices, decisions that people are walking through? And I think those two sides will be really interesting to look at. And then what we need to do at the end is go, what are the supporting materials we need to create to help people make those decisions easily? And I think everyone listening to this, I think you should be doing this for your business no matter what. I don't care what type of business. What's your sales process? Do they find you on Facebook? Do they visit your website? Do they click through to the product page? What's the sales process? And then on the other side, what are the decisions your client is trying to make? So when they click on your page, are they trying to choose between A, B and C? Are they trying to choose this? Are they trying to decide what they need, what they want, what they don't want? Um, And then the final part of this picture is what do we need to create to help them make those decisions easily? And I think that's going to really help us think through your sales process, streamline the decisions and make it easy for your clients to buy from you. Because I'll tell you what, working with some businesses, it's not easy to buy. It's just difficult. It's like, I just need to know what to do. I don't really understand. Help me. And they're like, well, you need to make up your own mind. I'm like, well, I will if I understand. Um, So the easier we make people make it for people to buy, the easier it will be to actually do it. Um, How does that sound as a process for you, Christina? That sounds good. And I think part of this is me, like, and this is just part of the thing over time is I was like, well, I can do photos. I can do whatever you want. Like, but the thing is people, like you said, they don't know what they want. And so you're just, you're just, and I think my thing was like, I want them to be happy. I want to make, I want to create exactly what they want. I want them to be happy, but you know, they're coming to you an expert to know what to do. So you have to, I think you have to take a little more of the process and not, not, you know, maybe if they have a really clear vision, they'll probably tell you, but, um, you know, a lot of people are just like, well, I know I need this, but, uh, it's, it's a lot for them to figure out. They're not used to creating 
imagery every day and like putting together pieces and they don't even know how it works. Like, so, you know, I guess take it off their plate, you know, and if that can be supporting like educational materials that are easy to send or just saying, here's, here's what I think we, here's what I think the shoot should be. Tell me if this is what, if you like it, you know, absolutely. Um, or sharing it live on the Zoom call you've got with them. Like, okay, so you're telling me you want a photo shoot like this. Here's your three options. And I've got this like thing that I can share with you and they can point to, oh, I want B, that looks great. And that will help you move through the sales process and get quicker, easier decisions. I think that's that's a real thing. I love that. So that's the homework for you, Christina. And for everyone listening, and then we will come back in the next episode, we'll go through what that sales process is, what decisions people are trying to make, and what we need to actually produce to be able to help people make decisions to use Fresh Print Media 3.0 quicker. Christina, do you think I need a summary for everyone listening or just a close? Um, I mean, I think like we've been summarizing, so I feel like doing another summary seems... A waste. Redundant. So I will just do a close. Perfect. Rebel entrepreneurs, your homework is to go away and dream up your ideal sales process that makes it easy and fun for you, easy and fun for your customers, and leads to the sales that will allow you to make money doing what you love. Good luck. Come back for the next episode and let's build your business together. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.